Real Business Owners. Welcome back to the Real Business Owners Podcast. This is episode 50 with myself, Trevor Cowley, and... Kale Goodman. Kale Goodman. <laughs> You're uh, T-Unit, bro. Yeah, T-Unit. You're going to be spitting off nicknames, be, man. You're going to be T-Unit. I'll be T-Unit today. Um, so we wanted to talk about a topic that uh, we think is important, obviously, to be successful in business in mm-hmm. general. And it's kind of a, a hybrid topic, right? You know, where you shouldn't have one without the other. So what we wanted to talk about today is you know, sales and marketing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we were talking a little bit right before we yeah. jumped in because we're like, what should we talk about today? Yeah. It's like, you know, right now, you know, we're, we're going through this whole pandemic thing and, man, it's like uh, uh, I feel like people are, you know, especially if you're in sales, yeah. you know, like you're having a little bit harder time. You know, I know from talking to our sales representatives and I know that I still am in a sales role as far as getting getting more Leads business out and, there from yeah. affiliates and they have sales companies. And so everybody's kind of, you know, saying the same things like, man, customers just aren't the same. They're not reacting the same. People are fearful. And so in all reality, like this is a time where if you're a sales professional or a business owner, which I don't really feel like you have a business without sales at some level, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, like this is where it's time to dig deep. This is where it's time to, you know, be tested. Uh, get like we talked about. Uh, go into some unfamiliar ter- territory. Try new things. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like y- you are going to be tested right now as a, as a sales professional. You, if you had great numbers before all this, and yeah. now your numbers are suffering this is where you're going to find out if you're really good or not. Because everybody's numbers were good when everything was good. good. Like you just go sit on a car lot six months ago and sell cars like, you know, like nothing, right? Like, yeah, I mean, the reality is... Because we're spending money like crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to make money when when the market's up. And I think that some salespeople or professionals, they take their foot off the gas when things are low and they're just waiting for the high again rather than doubling down. And mm-hmm. I think what makes it difficult is when you're, you've created a specific work ethic that you currently have and you're used to making uh, X amount of money with that work ethic. And then you now have to work harder to make that same amount of money or maybe even a little bit less than what you were used to making when the market was better or when leads were flowing in far more than they are now, right? Yeah. And so it's it's difficult to be motivated when it looks like things are going down. Mm-hmm. So again, this is this is where the average or the normal type sales rep is going to pull off the gas a little bit. They're not going to double down. They're going to start projecting their bias on the situation. People aren't buying right now or this, that, the other. It, that's not true 100% across the board. Now, maybe there's less buyers right now, which ultimately means if you had to call 100 people and you normally got 20 sales, you may have to call 200 people now to get those same 20 sales. Exactly, dude. Right? I love what you said about the work ethic thing. It's kind of like what we tried to talk about. That's the point I was actually trying yeah, to make two yeah. weeks ago in our sales meeting. It yeah. kinda, I didn't like the way it came out, actually. I remember thinking about it after a sales meeting. Like, man, I could not get that out the way I wanted to. Dude, some <laughs> days it flows good. I know, someday, dude, right? I mean, that's just the way it is. Dude. <laughs> but I that's mean, what I was trying to say, man. Yeah. It's like we've had all these years of yeah. like good, good times. Yeah. And then when shit got hard, all the hard work before it was good is what was just carrying us, yeah. or me anyway. And then it was like, oh, man, my work ethic's not the same anymore. And now – I'm not conditioned to dig deeper. So you have to kind of recondition. So the good news is, is if you are a really good sales professional and, or salesperson, and you are willing to dig deep in times like this, it is going to weed out a lot of those 
half-assers. Yeah, so, it, absolutely. Because, yeah. I mean, think about it. When the market's good, everybody wants to be a real estate agent. Everybody yeah. wants to be a mortgage broker, oh, right? Oh, yeah. So like the real estate just, schools were killing it. Yeah. You know, when <laughs> the market's up, they're, they're, it's full, right? Yeah. But nobody wants to go into real estate when it's a down market or a lot of people on a down market quit real estate and they say, I need to go do something else. Mm-hmm. And the ones that actually stuck it out over that period of time from 08 to 2012 or 13 or whatever, that four or five year sacrifice period, those are the ones that were making a lot of money Dominating. from you know 2013 to 2019 or whatever it was, right? Because they stuck it out and they were able to build you know another level of callous uh, throughout those difficult times, right? Another level of work ethic, right. so to speak. So if your new normal is to have to dig deeper and dial 200 people instead of 100 people to get the same amount of sales, imagine when the market comes back up and you're calloused to dial two. That's what you're now. That's your new normal. It is, man. That's your new work ethic. Now you're used to dialing 200 people. And if your close ratio goes from 10% to 20% because the market's better, now you're making twice the money that you used to make based upon the difficult time that you had to go through to build a different level of work ethic in order to survive. Yeah. And really, that's what it comes down to. Are you really doubling down and saying, shit, I have to do twice the amount of work for the same amount of pay? And that happens sometimes, Yeah. right? Sometimes entrepreneurs do twice the amount of work as most people and don't get paid anything, yeah. right? But that's in hopes at one point that they will get paid far more than everybody else. And if you can, again, build that callus or that discipline in the low periods, then that's going to set you up to be in a very good position when it's a high period. You're going to be dominating whatever industry it is that you're in, right? It's true, Uh, dude. You know what? I've had thoughts about this, actually, where I'm like, I feel like I could do more and I feel like I'm not working that hard. But I'm like, my half-assing must be way harder work than like yeah, yeah, other people. Yeah. You've had those thoughts Half, too? Because I'm just the, like, dude, why is shit though. so – like, uh, just keep coming, yeah. right? Like, I feel like mm-hmm. I could do more. I could be working harder. And I'm like, well, my hard work is probably way more hard – or it's harder work than like some half-asser. Without a true doubt. half-asser, w- right? Without a like, doubt. I mean, imagine LeBron James half-assing a basketball game versus yeah. me giving – Full ass, yeah. right? Given a hundred percent, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, my 100% is not going to be the same as his 50%. Exactly. And that's exactly what you're talking exactly, about, dude. right? Yeah. And, and not to keep talking about real estate, but it is a good analogy because I remember that one dude um, here locally, Prado and Kramer, yeah, dude. Yeah. Dude, when, it, when the market was in the shitter, that yeah. guy, I got emails from him. I got yeah. phone calls directly from him, from his team. Like, you I got respect that the guy work ethic. blew me up all yeah. the time. He ended up starting his own brokerage, yeah. real estate brokerage, instead of just being an agent. He ended up, uh, oh, dude, he was like doubling down on marketing when shit was shitty. He lowered his commissions, right? Mm-hmm. Like, which real estate agents get, hate, right? Get, the get if they're selling houses creative. for 3%, and some dude's over there selling for two, two. or yeah. cutting a full point off. Off, whatever, yeah. but he's like, whatever. I'm, I'm doing what I got to do to survive, and I'm working my ass off. Yep. When the market came back, that guy was dominant. He made millions, dude. Yeah. So that, that's good. That's a good. Point. I mean, I've seen his house and shit. Anyway, I assume he made millions because <laughs> I mean, you never know. Yeah. You never know. I mean, but we, I mean, we haven't started his bank account. But the reality is, is that's the exact thing that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Really diving deep and getting creative, whether it is shaving off a pointer, you know, 
basically what it really comes down to is you're making it easier for somebody to choose you. Right. It's easy for me to choose that individual because yeah. every dollar well, yeah, mattered like, Dude, at this point, guy's in my right? face. I keep seeing his name everywhere, his signs, his emails. Yeah. He's calling me, and I am ready to sell my house or whatever. It's like, this guy's going to do it for a point cheaper. He obviously works hard. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I think I'll give him a shot. I didn't ever use him because I didn't have yeah. a need for him at the time, but I probably would have if I really needed him at that time. I think we listed the cabin with him. I think at one point, or Jeremy oh, did. did prior to us buying in as a partner well, on yeah, the cabin. Jeremy, I'm I sure. think so. Maybe I don't know. I don't <laughs> remember. Anyways, that. that's that, that's now us, me and Kale, uh, reminiscing. You know, so going off topic. But um, so yeah, that's the sell side of it, and it comes in marketing again. It sells. There's, it's a blurry line. It's basically mm-hmm. one and the same to a certain extent. Because one sh- can't really exist with the without the other, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, marketing is a, is as whether you're generating leads or marketing, and you have some sort of funnel doing the sell for you, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're not going to market without trying to get somebody to purchase yeah, something, yeah. right? It still or sells money. for yeah, sure. It's, you know, so you might go, not be on blend. the phone or face to face shaking that person's hand, but yeah. it's marketing, right? It's, yeah, exactly. You, you, there's still word crafting involved, and mm-hmm. you know, we've seen True. people that have True. tried to build marketing ads, and they're just like falling on their face and then we see some guy that's written a hor- his grammar's horrible yeah. but the point comes across better yep. and that ad converts way better right mm. we know because we've written some of them and we're yep. horrible with grammar yeah. and then Terrible. but it converts way better than like the brainy guy that's smart and puts the perfect grammar Too in place and, you know and, what i mean yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like he's not know? speaking to the people you know like in some cases you can outsmart yourself oh totally, in reality dude. in marketing remember that old website that we both hated that landing page for CBF, was it CBF? We were oh, when yeah. we, we were generating yeah. like business funding, and we were like, yeah, or we might need to make this better. It's kind of ugly. So it looks outdated, but yeah. it kept converting. And everyone looked at the conversion rate, and they're like, "Whatever you do, don't change that. You're converting it at a high rate. What looks good to you versus not looks again. It doesn't matter what looks good. It matters what converts, yeah. right? And the analogy that I can use in that type of a scenario is cheesy infomercials right half the people look at these cheesy infomercials roll their eyes and say this is so stupid why would somebody buy this glue that this guy said he put a freaking side by side together with and then started driving it that's impossible you can't glue a damn side by side together and drive it you know or you know whatever it is the you know the boat or whatever the glue and then he cuts it in half and glues it together and now he's zipping down the you know it's like oh my god you know (laughs) but so i roll my eyes at stuff like that but obviously they do it because it works right well yeah and let's be real dude the 90 percent of the marketplace is the average joe yeah the average gal right and 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 so like even president trump's campaign bro someone told me that they specifically designed the communication to be at the level of an eighth grade education people just want dumbed down they just want they want it to make sense like nobody wants to hear political terms that they don't even understand you know why i think that is is probably because people don't like to actually think and I think that's part of the problem, yeah. right, is they don't want to critically think and, and have to digest things and kind of go like this. Hmm. Yeah. It's like taking too much effort. Well, dude, when so I was you, watching politics a few years ago, I didn't yeah. even know what words were like partisan and bipartisan. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Like I know now, yeah. but yeah. I'm like – I'm like, well, I don't understand It what makes you feel dumb. About. Yeah. Where you don't – you have to think about it. You're like, huh? Yeah. But if you like make it so – dumb it down to the eighth grade level, so to speak, or – dumb it down so where anybody can understand it, people can kind of shake their head and say, oh, okay, that makes sense. The idea is to dumb it down so that it makes sense. And that's 
again, what you're going to probably want to do in your marketing. Don't go crazy overboard and get too granular with it and too don't outsmart yourself, right? Yeah. To the point to where... Well, and even as you do uh, uh, gain knowledge over the years yeah. and you become smarter as a business owner, as an yeah. entrepreneur, because dude, let, let's be real, bro. Like we're a couple kids, barely got through high school. Yeah. Didn't he, I mean, I went and got a GED. I didn't even graduate. I think you did the same thing, right? You like, didn't I got walk with my your diploma class. like six months after. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like a couple guys like us, I mean, yeah. we just like got good at sales. We yeah. kept it. That's why we kept it, you know, obviously to the marketplace. Like people want to understand their salesperson. And then as we've become more educated as business owners, we have the ability to be like, oh, let's write this ad to our demographic, our, our marketplace, which, which is, is 90% the average of person, people, right? right? We don't want to to sound so smart. And I don't think we're so smart, but we have been more educated now. Yep. We've gotten more educated, but we still will write our ads or do our sales calls or do whatever to our marketplace, the our to, demographic. The idea is to dumb it down, right? There's right. that saying, kiss, keep it simple, stupid, right? Mm-hmm. To where you know, you're, you're targeting everybody, even the smart people yeah. or dumb people. Right. I, I, again, as long as it's dumbed down to this person, everybody can understand it then. Right. If you're only targeting smart people, right, yeah. and, and, and because you're overly doing your ads or whatever it is, right, in terms of your marketing message, then you're narrowing down your target market to people who are only smart enough to understand the way that you wordcraft that ad or what you're saying with inside mm-hmm. of that ad. I mean, we know some smart people and sometimes, you know, we're around smart people and they're like talking, they use large words and all this stuff. And I'm just kind of like, damn, you're smart. Like I feel dumb around you, which is never a good feeling to have. Well, we sell a shit ton of tax and accounting services, bro. And how much do we talk about tax code? You don't have I mean, how, to. How you, often do we idea. talk about specifics and and uh, tax That's true. law? That's and, true. You know how many times have we busted out like yeah. the tax code book and been yeah. like, well, section four. You know what I mean? Like we don't, don't even have to do. We it. don't need. To, we don't have to. You have to break we it down. We feel the need yep. that they are seeking, and then we let our professionals that are educated in those areas do the work. Exactly. Exactly. So when it comes down to you know again sales and marketing. One thing that you guys need to understand is what are the customer's pain points? You know, and when you're a salesperson, and again, it sounds kind of sleazy to say pain points and this, and but that's just the truth of the matter, right? Like if we're selling credit repair, what's their pain point? What, what can I do to earn that individual's business? Do they want to buy a home? Mm-hmm. Do they want to buy a car? So the idea is initially in the very beginning of a phone call, is you're probing for information, right? Mm-hmm. So, Kel, why did you visit our website? Are you looking to buy a home? Are you looking to get in a car, credit card, or you just want to have good credit? What's the deal? And then right. that individual will start telling you their why. Right. And so what this does is it now gives you ammunition. You understand the reason behind the initial inquiry of what they were <coughs> messaging you for. Um, well, yeah, dude. I mean, it... I get that you don't want to pounce on people's pain, but there really is no sales without solving some sort of problem pain, that, exactly, that problem. is a solution for somebody that is, you know, a, a hindrance in their life. And, and, and let's and let's be real. I believe as a salesperson, if you believe in the product or service that you're selling, you're doing them a disservice by not trying to push them to the right decision. And the right decision, if you believe in exactly what you're selling, 
is for them to pull the trigger and move forward with you right. rather than somebody else because you, if you believe in your product that much or your service that much mm-hmm. or whatever it is, it's your duty. It's your obligation to get them to see things from your perspective. Right. Using analogies, dumbing things down to help them understand things, not overwhelming them with information. Right. Uh, finding their pain points and helping them get excited about the potential if they did move forward and took advantage of that product or service, right? Totally. Those are the best uh, testimonials, man. Those are the best uh, sales professionals and marketers is when they help that customer understand that, that your product has a solution to yeah. a problem they didn't even know that they had. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I do. We've seen a lot of testimonials in, in our company of, of people who are like, dude, I didn't even know I needed this, that, and the other to lower my tax liability. And, yeah. you know, I'm so glad that your sales agent helped me understand that. And holy yeah. cow, I saved $18,000 on my taxes this yeah. year. And, like, that's what that's where, you know, I mean, that's really where you need to start digging deep right now as a sales professional. Things are harder. You're going to have to kind of help people understand some issues they might not even know that they fully have, depending on what you're selling. Right? And secondly, to add to that, we're in uncertain times. Totally. So as a sales rep, what should you do? Help them understand it's not going to be like this forever. Right. Create some form of certainty for them. Right. You know, they're a human being. If 90 or 95% of people are average individuals, that means that they kind of go with the flow. Mm-hmm. And right now the flow is uncertainty. A lot of people are living in fear and, mm-hmm. and wondering what the future is going to hold or is this going to go on for how much longer? I mean, that's the questions that people are asking right now, right? And so as a sales representative, that's probably one of the first things that you should be addressing, whatever it is that you're selling, if that's a concern. Look, you know, we are in the middle of uncertain times. The cool thing is, is this product or service is going to put you in a situation where X is going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say, for instance, credit repair. You know, yes, I know we're in uncertain times, but rates are at an all-time low right now. Right. It's a perfect time to either buy a home or refi or whatever it is yeah. if that's your ultimate goal, right? The, the, the rates might go down a little bit even more, and you want to be prepared for that. Let's say things do pick back up, and you have good credit in the next three months or four months. Don't you want to be prepared to take advantage of that opportunity when your income's back mm-hmm. and you now have good credit and the rates are low? Right. Dude, I actually just wrote an ad for a mortgage guy. And, uh, and dude, this guy's in mortgages. I'm not even in mortgages. Yeah. And I was like, listen, dude, if we're going to send this email blast out, what are going to get people to actually want to talk to you as the mortgage professional? And he's like, well, you know, rates are all time low, all this <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, but if I remember correctly, when 2008 hit and uh, all these things happened, like banks tightened up the funding a lot, right? Mm. So, and, and, and and your um, values on your properties went down. So that made it hard. If they wanted to refinance a home, it couldn't because then the the house didn't meet. It had negative equity. Yeah, the house didn't meet the values it needed. So then people had to bring money down if they really wanted to refinance. And then that's why so many people were dumping their homes. So if I were you, I would be writing the ad like this. And I wrote it out to where it was like, hey, if you guys remember in the last economic downturn, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't have a crystal ball. You don't know what's going to happen. But if you've been thinking about refinancing your house, to take advantage of these rates, you might want to do it before home values get decreased. And he was like, dude, that's brilliant. And I was like, how's that so brilliant? I mean, I had, is, I had a that mortgage. seemed like common sense to me, you know? I, I, had, but, a, I had a mortgage person uh, hit us up on uh, the DM on real business owners yeah. and said, hey, how would you, should I turn up my marketing? Should I not? And I said, hell I said, yeah. I said, 
Yeah, you should. You, I, I said, if you don't turn it up, at least keep it going at what it was right. because you can get you know far more bang for your buck right now because a lot of people are pulling back. But what I said is equity in your home, worried about your finances yeah. right now. Think about Could it. Could your equity be decreased right now? Like so those th- are the messages th- I would be sending, not I, to capitalize on everyone's fear, but but that's, I mean, be that, be real. That, that, I mean, it is a reality. Point. If people are out of work right now and they have a hundred thousand dollars in equity in their home and they're scared with uncertain times, I'd like to have money in the bank. Yeah. What if I end the market does turn and I have negative equity in my house? It'd be good to pull out that equity right now and maybe put fifty grand in my bank. Yeah. Right. Even if I'm paying a little interest on it. It's giving me the ability, if I don't think I'm going to go back to work or whatever it is, I now have cash on hand to float me for a period of time, yeah. whether it's six months or one year or whatever it is. So you want to pull out equity in your home with these yeah. uncertain times? If you don't or, want to lose your home yeah. and you don't know what's going to go on, exactly. like you don't know if you're going to be able to afford it in six months. Do you know how big of a deal it is makes on your monthly payment by decreasing your your mortgage by just one point? Yeah, you know what I mean. So like those are the you know those are the things that I would be like racing to if I was in that position. If I was like, dude, my my house is at five percent and I could get three, and somebody sent me a message was like, dude, I feel like we're in a race right now to hurry and get this done mm-hmm. before property values get decreased. Like I'd probably be all over that ad, right? Well, imagine this: if in two thousand ten. Or, or okay, let's say let, let's say two thousand seven. People had two hundred thousand dollars in equity in their house. Mm-hmm. Nobody saw that really coming, right? So yeah. it kind of makes it difficult. But this is kind of a weird, you know, where people still have equity in their house, and it could go either way. Pulling the equity out of a home could be the difference of you saving your home and losing your home. Yeah, right. True. If it buys you a two year window of being able to make payments, and then the market goes back up. And then you sell your home and get that full hundred grand in equity that you used to have out of it. You pay the fifty off, and you still made fifty, mm-hmm. rather than not pulling any money out of your home and then not being able to afford the the payment as as is right now because yeah. you don't have work or whatever. Right, right? right. So that's the idea: is really showing people a new way to think. Uh, that's what sales and marketing yeah. is about, right? Reframing their thoughts, having them think about the same things that they uh, that they should be thinking about, or things that they should think about that would help you convert that individual as a customer. Totally. And so that's and we've really been tough. through we've been through it a little bit, yeah. right? Like cuz we went through the 08 thing. So we're able to we're able to craft these messages to people. And we I mean we're not in the mortgage or real yeah, estate yeah, industry, yeah. but you know, Those we're able examples. we're able to identify um, the needs when when things are going on like this. Like dude, it is a it is a very good possibility with millions of people being laid off that appraisals and property values could be coming down. So if you're in that industry, like, holy cow, I should probably be writing my ads that way and doubling down on my marketing that way because I want to capitalize on this down market. And you shouldn't feel bad about that. No, But, uh, and it's like that with any industry, dude. Like I remember, um, when we went through this last time credit, when everything tightened up, banks actually reduced everybody's credit cards limits, which mess their credit scores up because now the debt to credit ratio is much higher. Um, But at the same time, I've been telling a lot of these guys that I know that own call floors. I'm like, dude, you need to be telling your sales professionals like, dude, you guys need to be digging deep right now because we don't know what's going to happen. Banks, American Express took my $10,000 credit card limit down to a 4,000. Guess how much I owed on it? 4,000. Yeah. 
right? And so if you're in a call room, for example, and everyone's credit cards get decreased like they did in 2009, like you're going to have a hard time making sales because people buy on credit all the time, right? And so you should be, exactly. you should be working like if you're in a race right now and you should be being smart with your money, stashing it up. But, um, but yeah, I've been sending that message to a lot of guys with call rooms. I've been sending that to guys, our sales agents. Like, dude, I feel like we're in a race right now. Yeah. Right now is the time to be working and doubling down on your work ethic. Exactly. And so the message today is kind of, you know, if if you're pulling back on sales, mm-hmm. if you're pulling back on your marketing, you could potentially be shooting yourself in the foot. Right. That's what probably everybody in your industry is doing or the majority of people in your industry are doing. What we found in running ads for our credit repair company um, is that there's a lot of people, one, online right now because there's more more people. Yeah, there's there's 30 million unemployment claims. There's 30 million people on the Internet, (laughs) you know, more more than normal. And there probably Uh, is people who are like, man, I'd probably like to get my credit card, my credit fixed up right now so that when things come back around, like that they can take advantage of it or, you know, um, yeah, I mean, having access to credit is is important so that you could take advantage of opportunities. Right. I mean, that's just the that's the truth. Mm -hmm. But then you could also use that in your sales pitch, yeah. right? Just because you're using it in a sales pitch doesn't mean it's not the truth, right? right? Just because you're hitting on somebody's pain doesn't mean it's not the truth. Yeah. The truth hurts. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know where I heard this or whatever, but they say, you know, you know, lies are sweet as honey, but the truth stings like a bee. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you have to poke on their pain in order to get people to act. Right. Like if you just build them up, build them up and build them up the whole time, they're just in a state of comfort, like, okay, cool, yeah. Well, people I'll buy off emotion way more than logic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, this this is mine and, and Kel's background is, is sales, right? And so if you're struggling with sales, you need to be asking the right questions, too, throughout the presentation mm-hmm. or throughout the sales call. One, you're initially gathering data, right? Asking those questions. What are you looking into this for? Whatever it is, Um and whether it's a remodel company right now or whatever it is, well, I'd like to, you know, remodel my house or, you know, well, why are you, why would you like to do that? Right. Ask one deeper question. Don't, cool, they'd like to remodel. Well, like I did, I just remodeled my bathroom. Yeah. Why did I do it? Because my wife wants to have a uh, at-home birth. Right. So if somebody utilized that pain point against me, mm-hmm. you know, if I was like, eh, let me think about it, that's a little steep. I don't know if I want to spend seven grand right now. It's uncertain times. They can then say, you know, just remember what you stated earlier in the conversation. The reason why you wanted to do it was because of what's going on with your family. And obviously, you don't want to put a price tag on something like that and whatever it is, right? We had to do it because we had issues. And whether you want to use me or not, sir, like, I mean, I I remember when things were in certain times, uncertain times before, like, you know, credit got reduced. People weren't able to do as much. I mean, right now might be the time to take advantage of it while you still have it available to you. You know, like there's a lot of different pain points you could take it you know, there, there, well, there was <laughs> to that, create that urgency. Yeah, well, yeah. That I mean, that's not idea. for you, yeah, but yeah. it could well, be for how a lot much, of people. Uh, you know, how much have you got done thinking about it? Yeah. You know, like we used to use that line all the time, right? Thinking about it's the cousin to procrastination and procrastination is the uncle of not getting anything done, right? (laughs) Or whatever it is, right? So they're very closely related, right? So we would use all these little cool, fun, you know, lines when we were trying to make sales. But 
again, it's all true, though. It is. The reality is, is thinking about it doesn't get anything done. Really that the, the, the issue in the world today is most people aren't taking action. As a sales representative, it is your duty and it is your job to help people overcome that hurdle of yeah. where they're at versus taking action. Because most people are procrastinators. They put things off. They want to think about it. In reality, they don't want to think about anything. Secondly, if somebody says they need to think about it, you need to ask why they need to think about it. Right. So is this for sure something that you see value in? And they say yes. Okay. So what are we thinking about then? What's, what's holding you back from taking that next step and moving forward today? And I think a lot of people don't take the time to really ask those questions right. to people like, oh, okay, think about it, get back to me. Yeah. Like find the why. Why are they needing to think about it? Your sales will go through the roof if they you, will. If you find if you find the why versus just say, okay, cool, man. You know, because uh, you I, I I do this where I hate actually feeling like I am pressuring people, um, but at the same time, like there's ways to do it without them feeling pressured. And a lot of times it's just in how you ask the question. You're just asking questions. Still You're question. still having a conversation right? with somebody. Yeah, it's like, but it does come down to your tonality a little bit. Yeah. So like, Dad, like if you're like... Well, dude, what the heck, man? Like, I came out here and you're wasting my time. Yeah, if that's yeah, a vibe yeah, you're putting yeah. off, like, that's, well, why yeah. aren't we doing this that's right an now? Asshole like, that's yeah. totally yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, gonna gonna obviously just push the cell the, yes. the other way. But if you're like, okay, cool, man. Well, I, I'm just gonna be 100 percent honest with you. I'm just asking you to be 100 percent honest with me. But like, why wouldn't we get it started today? Or why wouldn't we get it started this week, sir? Like, what is holding you back? Yeah, I just want to exactly. help solve the problem. What's holding you back? Right? From and then people action. be like, okay, well, I don't feel pressured, so I'll, I'll go ahead and open up and tell you why. The real why, why it is holding me back. Because you figure that out, yeah. then you can find them solutions to get over that exactly. and then get your sale done. Exactly. The problem is, is it's not initially the problem. Right. There's something much deeper that that that, that, that they're not relaying to you freely yeah. and openly yet. I need to think about it. Well, you already visited our website, entered your information. You have bad credit. We fix people's credit. You see value in having good credit, Right. And I always ask that I end with right mm -hmm. so that I already know that I can get a yes. Mm -hmm. You see value in X, right? Whatever product or service that you're selling, right. make sure one, that they see value in it. So if they say yes, okay, cool. We have them right where we want them, right? right. You can see value in that, having good credit, right? Yes. Okay, that's you're going to get that nine out of ten times. Totally. Right? Or 10 out of 10 times. The idea is to ask questions you already know what the answer is going to be. True. And, and, and it's going to be a yes, right? So you, you can see value in having good credit, right? They say yes. So let me ask you this. If it didn't cost you anything, would you move forward today? Yes. So now what's the issue? You already found out what the issue is. It's a money issue. Mm -hmm. Which it is most of the time. Most of the time, right? right? It's not a think about it. It's, well, what do you need to think about? Whether I want to spend that type of money. Right. whether I want to make that type of commitment. But at least now you and the prospect or potential customer are on the exact same page. You both know what the issue is. So now the idea is if we charge $150 a month for credit repair and it's 1800 bucks over 12 months or whatever, now the idea for me is I have to see, have to let them see from my perspective on how much bad credit costs that individual. Yeah. So that I can reframe their mind to where they don't look at it as a cost. It's now an investment. They're actually spending that money to ultimately save money. And so now they told me that it's a money issue. But if I can reframe it to say, 
but you're going to save thousands of dollars. All right. Now it's no longer a money issue because they would be saving money. Now it's a dumb thing not to move exactly. forward. Now you're right? creating some urgency too. Like, dude, the sooner you get this taken care of, the sooner you can start saving this money in these areas. Yeah. Bad credit costs you money every single day, sir. On average, did you know that people between their uh, rent, between their car insurance, mm-hmm. between their, you know, whatever it is, right? It costs on average $450 a month to have bad credit. Now, if you, you you know your landlord has to profit a little bit off that rent, right? So you're paying $1,500 a month. They're probably paying $1,100. So you're overpaying for that home by $400 a month. Right. Did you know you're overpaying on your car insurance by $100 a month? So now I can start really breaking down numbers and show them that they're actually saving money by moving forward with me. But I have to find out the why. And if it's the money issue, I have to reframe their thoughts because again, the average person looks at money going out as an expense, yeah. not an oh, investment, yeah. not an investment, but that's just the way that they think. Right. And so it's even the same thing with accounting, like even a tax plan. If we sell somebody a $2,000 tax plan, the initial thought is they're cutting a check or they're spending $2,000. Right. They're not looking at the probability of saving $10,000 or $20,000 on taxes. Mm-hmm. So the idea at that point is to show them that $2,000 is not an expense to you. Right. That's an investment for you to save ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 on taxes. Yeah. So you would actually be foolish not to move forward with it because of how much money you could save. The very thing that you want to save is holding you back from taking that next step. Right. And that's the issue, sir. So if I can show you or give you some sort of uh, reassurance that this is the right decision, is it something that you would be willing to move forward with today? Yeah. And then a lot of times if it is the money too, like, well, if I could show you how this could fit into your budget and save you money in these areas, something you move forward with today. Because a lot of a lot of products nowadays, man, I mean, they got all the financing options and all that kind of stuff. And so if people, you break it down to them, like, look, it's really only going to be an extra $30 a month if you do it this way or whatever, right? Something that you can afford, but it's going to save you in all these areas. Well, then you got a lot of power with that as well, depending on what your product is. I mean, you know, I, I, I think that's what people want. Is like, exactly. Yeah. But I think when people give uh, a sales representative or an individual, an owner of a company, whatever, because sometimes the owner of a company is wearing many hats, they're doing the sales, the marketing, they're doing the jobs or whatever, yeah. right? Fulfilling. Um, what you guys need to understand is when a potential customer says, I need to think about it, and you let them off the phone or you walk away from the sale or whatever it is. You've got to understand they're only going to think about one thing. They're not going to think about the value that you're bringing them. They're only going to think about the money that's leaving their bank account. Totally. And so now again, all they're thinking about is what they have to give. They're not thinking about what they could potentially get or receive once they give that. Mm -hmm. And so that becomes the disconnect. And then you let somebody think about it for a day or two and you do a follow-up. Your probability of closing that deal is very, very low now because you can't tell me that somebody says, I'm going to think about it. And they're like, man, I can benefit this way, this way, this way, this way. They're not going to look at all the pros. Let's be honest here. Your brain by default is set to find negatives in scenarios. And that's a survival mode back from caveman, right? Your your vision, man, is there a T-Rex over here or a saber-toothed tiger? Your, Your brain is basically scanning for the cons in the scenario, not the pros in the scenario, right? And so by default, it's human nature for especially a very average individual. Um, and again, I, I hate saying average like it's a negative thing. I mean, it really, I mean, it is, but um, 
because average means that you're just getting by and you're really not really living the life that you want to live. But the average individual just thinks different than somebody that's a little bit elevated. The reason why the individual is elevated is because of the way they think. And so if you let the average individual off the phone, again, it's just money, money, money. Do I really want to part with $2,000 for a tax plan? Do I really want to spend, you know, X 150 bucks a month on credit repair? Or, you know, but they're not sitting there saying, hmm, the last five years having bad credit has cost me on average four thousand dollars per year you got to break that down for you know what i mean exactly again a sales representative their job is to reframe their thoughts not let them make the decision based upon their normal way of thinking right you're supposed to introduce a new way of thinking and a a, a, uh reframing Mm -hmm. the way that they look at the potential product or service that you have the ability to offer Yeah, yeah that's really sales 101 is helping them see it from your perspective. Because if they continue to see it from their perspective, they've already put it off for so long. I like that. I like the way you worded that a lot. So, thank you. <laughs> I felt like I was <laughs> how, in a little how, flow state for a second. How much do you, because I've done this a lot, and it, it can be, um, it can be uh, very helpful, and it can also hurt too, but like, how much time do you spend reading your customer, right? Like, Yeah. If Dude, like, that's you can just point. tell they're that's like really point. trying to get you because yeah. they really do have somewhere to go yeah. or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, or if they are just being like super, you know, uh, uh what's the word? Standoffish yeah, kind of standoffish yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how, cause I do, I just kind of naturally do it. I, I read people really well. Like mm, I can tell point. if they're feeling annoyed by me. That's a good I can point. tell if they're feeling pressured. I can tell if they're trying, if they've got somewhere to go. Yeah. You know, so I read those situations a lot when I am in like a sales. Well, you don't want to do your presentation when they're in a rush. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So like, again, you could set up a call. That's not them thinking about it. You're mm-hmm. just structuring where you have the time to deliver the message that you need to deliver yeah. when you initially make contact. But that's a very great point that you said, like reading people. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people, what they do wrong in sales is they're thinking about what they can gain from the sell as a sales representative. Yeah, they're thinking, or about, as the, they're thinking about themselves. Right. And then they, when they get desperate and the, and the customer says no, then they start getting angry or this right. or that instead of asking why. Like right. what's this? And, and for really finding out why. Because if you ask the why questions, it can actually help you get better. Totally. Because they might say, well, you know, I don't like the way that you talk to me. They might be honest with you and you're like, and maybe you Damn, need, to, I need take, to work on that. Yeah, you need to work on it so that you, <laughs> you can do. get better, right? Ask those questions because one, you can get better. And secondly, think about them. Yeah. When you're only thinking about yourself, it comes off like you're only, man, you're pushy. You're a sales guy. You're the, you know, because they can tell when you need to make that next sell for that next commission level and it's the end of the month or whatever it is. The idea is, again, identifying their purpose and their pain and what you could do to solve that. Yeah. And so focus your attention on them mm-hmm. and not be about And then they won't be, be such yourself. a hurry to get the hell out of there, Exactly, too, right? because you're inquisitive. You're asking about them and their situation and their, you know, and building rapport, yeah. right? And, the know, only People like, uh, dude, I had this guy tell me actually one time, um, what's the first thing that people look at when they look at a group picture? Say there's you're in a picture with uh, 50 other people. What's the first thing that you look at on that picture once it's printed out and you're looking at it? You look at you. Yeah. You don't look at anybody oh, else yeah. around you. You're oh, like, yeah. you're like, you're like looking man, at I you, look so right? stupid. I hate that picture. <laughs> it's like, you know. But it's true, yeah. dude. Like people, you know, they, they care about them. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they want to talk about them. Yep. And so if you're a sales professional and you're only interested in what you're going to get out of the deal, you're only interested in, you know, uh, yourself. Uh, yourself, like you're going to have a hard time making a sale yeah. with that person because they're interested in them. Or even so if, if you're trying to sell them something. Like, I've been doing this for 15 years and I'm top of this and that. Yeah, like, no one cares. Who gives a shit? Yeah. What can you do for me? All right. Exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll buy from the guy that's been doing it for a year as long as he's focused on me. I want to talk about me. I think there's that country song that says, oh, let's talk, you, 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 let's talk about me. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. That's what people want. You know what I mean? They didn't call to hear your entire backstory, yeah. right? They it's didn't true. inquire about your product or service to, to understand everything about you. Now, there's two sides of that. And, and you got to be smart enough to realize when it's time to bring yourself into the scenario because you can bring yourself in a scenario when you're talking about building rapport, right? right? So for easier accounting, for ex- uh, example, we can talk about us because we are the end customer, mm-hmm. right? It's like, look, man, I understand doing your bookkeeping or working with accountants. Sometimes that could be frustrating. They're not communicating. Well, I've been through that. Mm-hmm. And we understand how frustrating it is. And yeah. now all of a sudden, they understand that you get them. Yeah, you're you, like on their team. Exactly. Right? You're like, on their team now. You 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 identified their pain through you telling them what your pain was, mm-hmm. you know, at one point or whatever it is. And so, again, there's that fine line. There's the yeah. finesse of like not bragging or boasting and talking about yourself. But if you're talking about yourself, it should be for one reason and one reason only, to build rapport and help them understand that yeah. you are them. Rapport and, is huge. And, and that you understand where they're at and where yeah. they're trying to go. Look, man, I've had bad credit and it sucks. Yeah. Or look, I've worked with accountants that, you know, that really don't give you the time of day. Yeah. And it doesn't feel good. As an entrepreneur, we have a lot of stuff going on on a day-to-day basis, and we want to focus on the money coming in and not have to sit there and stare at our books. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, holy shit, and it works you in, get It me. works on almost anything, dude. If you're selling but and it's loans. Not a, and it's not if you're a loan officer, it's, it's like, not a dude, lie I've been either. in a bad loan. It's man. not a lie I, I either. Get it, Th- those were truthful yeah. scenarios. I've had bad credit. Yeah. You know, we've had issues with account. Like, so it's not like I'm just making things up or yeah. we're making things up. It's oh, so just you the mean truth. being genuine actually helps? That does just a little. When you're putting little, interest yeah. into you someone know, else. <laughs> somebody can tell whether you're trying to make yeah. that commish versus just being a genuine human being. And it's funny. A lot of people that just communicate with people like people and really want to solve their problems yeah. are usually ones that do the best. Yeah. And dude, it's like, you know, we covered a lot of stuff, but it, it really is kind of the basics. People need to get back to the basics, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, like solving the problem, like probing yeah, and then being genuine about trying to solve that problem for yeah. them um, and overcoming the obstacles of getting your product, you know, like talking about the money stuff, even though that's hard to do. And so um, I think we made a lot of good points. And then also what we started with, man, I think it's really important to go back to that. Like right now in uncertain times, like you need to be doubling down and building up your work ethic better. That's just really a big part of it right now because that's those are the people that come out on top when these things blow over, man. Yeah. It's the people that really worked hard. Um, it's important to spend time with your families and double down on that stuff too. Yeah. But, but you do you need to be you need to be willing to try new things. You need to be willing to get uncomfortable, and you need to. You know. When you say try new things, I just want to bring up a quick point because we're going to wrap up here. Um, but trying new things in terms of marketing as well. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like. So, you guys, we have several different companies, and you need to understand what works for one company didn't work for the other. Right. Right? So, you've got to be open to trying new Mm -hmm. things and jumping around a little bit. Facebook ads kills it for a credit repair company. You know, on the accounting side of things, 
you know, we tried to do a lot of different ads. It's very expensive to create a lead in that industry, mm-hmm. right? And so we focused more so on investing into groups and being mm-hmm. a part of different groups and creating better relationships to where we can have referral partners. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we get business from their business and then they get a kickback and so on and so forth. So, but we had to try the ads and Facebook and Google and, you know, whatever or what we tried, the local chamber of commerce and this and that. And we, again, you put your lab coat on. Well, dude, and even, just like, test. even like reaching out to certain people, man, it's like, it's nerve wracking, right? Yeah. It's uncomfortable. Like, Dude, uh, you know, like when we talked to Gary Vee and AJ Vaynerchuk, yeah. you know, you see them like yeah. they're like got this big status about them. So sometimes you're like, uh, it's a little uncomfortable to put yourself out there, right? Yeah. And, and talk to them. I mean, I remember when I talked to Stuman the first time, I was a little bit like, oh man, yeah. like, you know, this guy's got a big following. Yeah. This guy's got a lot of people around him, you know, yeah. but you have to be willing to just push through and do it. You, you know? feel a little so, insecure, right? Like, or a little. Yeah, like, like you're, you're way, you're way, you're like, they're uh, way above you at yeah, some certain like, level, I, but they yeah. are still just human, exactly. right? And so, exactly. um, even though it is uncomfortable, there's a hundred things you could talk yourself yeah. out of. Like, yeah. like, oh, I'm not going to talk to that guy. He's way above me. He's at a different level. He's exactly. not going to talk to some peon like me or whatever. And so you just have to do it, man. Like yeah. if you have those opportunities, uh, uh, seize them. If you don't have those opportunities, create them. Like put yourself out there and uh, and just be willing. Just be willing to do it, you know? So um, I think we touched, you might fall flat on your face. Yeah, but. dude. Well, <laughs> and if but you do. You'll be better for the next if, time. If, if you didn't make money, yeah. um, you extracted a lesson. Yep. That's for damn sure. Mm. And now you know at least what not to do, right? And that's going to put you in a situation um, but where you're stronger because at least that a lot option of, is removed off of the table. A lot of times they want something out of you too, man. Like uh, we've joined these groups just to build our network and look what that's turned into. And it took having some uncomfortable uncomfortable calls um, or uh, meetings or whatever. And so, yeah, networking's huge too, man. But you do got to be willing to put yourself out there. Okay. Um, listen, people, um, we need you to, one, subscribe to the podcast. If you're not subscribed and you just hop in and out or whatever it is when we drop new episodes, I think if people subscribe, I think we get moved up or whatever where organically people can find us. Um, secondly, when you leave a review, write a review, mm-hmm. right? Not just do five stars or whatever it is because we have a lot of, I think, 200 and something reviews, but then there's only so many people that are actually writing a review. They just do like a five star thing. Yeah, so show some love. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so you know, take two minutes and actually write out a review for us. Tell us what value that we're bringing, whether it's more motivational stuff or real practical business stuff, or maybe a little bit of both. Right. Feedback is obviously a good thing for us as well oh, because sure. we want to make sure that we're giving you guys information that you can benefit from. Um, and if it's more motivational stuff that we need to be doing, then cool. If it's more, do we need to dive more into sales and marketing type stuff or, you know, business one on one shit? Honestly, we could do 10 podcasts just on sales. Alone, yeah, no, you yeah, know what I mean? Ex- Every single yeah, area. Exactly. So I'm, I'm going to read a review, guys, and I'm hoping that the next one I read is yours. So make sure that you do that. Uh, Mr. Working for More is what the title is. So. Miss Anderson 0402. Hey guys, I freaking love your podcast content you're putting out as the realest I've heard this far. Honestly, keep it up. I absolutely love it. I haven't started my business yet, but in time it'll come. I graduated college two years ago. I'm on my second home remodel. Haven't been planning our wedding with my future wife through it all, or have been planning my future. 
Um, they have been planning um, their wedding with a future wife. You've pushed me to do more. And when I finish this house, I'm going to go for it, start my own business, keep the content coming. Awesome. Nice. Anywho, we wish you guys, you know, the best throughout this time. I know that, uh, you know, a lot of people are scared, nervous, all that stuff. But, you know, uh, we're, we're trying to do what we can to bring you guys information that we think will be valuable to you. So keep your heads up, keep fighting the good fight, and all will be well. So take care. Yeah, take care. <laughs>